you're sat in West End room, aren't you, Joe? Uh, it's no, it's not. It's the Joe Martin suite. I think you'll uh, find it's called now, Stanley. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Luke, tell you yeah. what, Jez, if you got keys to West End room when you were our age, you weren't sitting on a podcast with you. Weren't used for reading and contemplating back in them days, were it, Jez? If you had keys for West End room. <laughs> I've, got, I've actually got keys now, Stanny, so we're, uh... we're too old now, Jez. <laughs> we're too old for any of that business. Joe Martin, if you're if you're in the same uh, room, uh, West End room, when you're with Jez, you could learn a lot, lad. You could learn. <laughs> you could learn hell of a lot. Not cricket related, but tell these lads about when you smashed your telly in a couple of Christmases ago. <laughs> well, I've been. Uh, it, it, it was, a, it was a, a lonely part of my life, and um, I'd been in an Aiton Lee with uh, waiting yourselves, and I think. Blade. Christmas Eve, this was. Yeah, Christmas Eve. And we finished up down in, in, in the George IV, and I walked up, right as a bobby. Got home about, I don't know, one o'clock. Thought uh, I'd ordered a curry as, as, I, as I neared home from K2 because they do a ring stinger. And uh, sat in the ice waiting for the curry, put the telly on. I thought, oh, Chris, I'll put Christmas tree lights on. <laughs> Wanders over to, to put one o'clock in the morning to put the plug <laughs> in and tripped over the rug, went head first into the telly, yeah. which is a 110 inch job. And the telly was that heavy, it rolled me into the Christmas tree. <laughs> so I'm led on my back, uh, covered in Christmas tree and TV, and there's a... Not on the door, on the window that I'm led under, and it's, it's the curry man. Christ knows what he thought as I turned round, buried in Christmas tree and TV, and said, I'll be with you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, got extricated myself, got my curry, put it to one side, reassembled the Christmas tree as best I could with this massive kink in the in the in the trunk. Uh, put the telly on, but bear in mind three quarters of it's uh, now shattered. Started eating my curry when Caroline came on. Hey, Dad. Hey, Kaz. Had a good night. Yeah, bloody lot. I have something to tell you. What's that? I said, I've smashed the telly in the Christmas tree. What? So she accuses me of being absolutely arsehole, which I'm not. So I, well, this is how daft it was. So I said, you say, I'm not drunk, guys. Ask me anything. She said, all right, then give me the lowdown on the 1917 Russian Revolution. So I knocked it off, knocked it off in about 10 minutes, and she retired to bed, content that I wasn't pissed. Albeit... <laughs> Albeit we had a smashed telly and Christmas tree. Merry Christmas. We saw this. We, we saw an end to the doldrums. I don't know what you thought, Gary. You, you 
chose to join Lancashire League cricket, decided that you're going to become a captain and you were going to get runs in Lancashire League, which you did because of your ability, always were going to let you do that. It was just weird watching things change. Like you, Stanny, I, I, I always remember people saying to, to you, well, those people aren't that good at playing. Then I thought to myself, Paul Stanley's got five wickets in first team six times. Shut up. Yeah. Does that make sense, lads? I'm, I'm, yeah. not, I'm, not being, I'm not being weird or anything like that. Like Stan and Phil and Tripp getting 500 runs and, and things like that. Moin Damanath and, 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 and pros like that. P- people started realising that the club weren't just about Burnley, Burnley Cricket Club. Who, who, good luck to them. Our club has just done fab. And yeah. it, you know, it sits where it sits because of the hard work, not of mine, but the hard work of other people. It's everyone. It's everyone. That, that have put the club in what a wonderful position where young people can do what your dad, Jeff Orb, yeah. wanted people to do. Come to Law House, play every day. Stan Eaton said, you turn up at my cricket club, you're going to get a bat, a ball and a field, no matter how good, bad, rubbish, autistic, useless, uh, can't play, do anything, you're going to get a goal. Crack on. Well, that summarised Matt Stansfield up. Oh, where is that? Just, uh, just on that, yes. Um, I, I, Billy I, I often back. think as well that um, I often think that some of the stuff that's said about those teams of the 90s is really harsh. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't bad teams. No, they, they were just teams that got on bad runs. Uh, teams that perhaps didn't have the right pro. There were some excellent cricketers in those teams, and I think that sometimes they just well, they get a little bit. Of, um, I can't comment on the sixties and, and what have you because obviously I wasn't there. But I do think those those nineties lads sometimes get a little bit of an harsh harsh rap when it comes to yeah. people reminiscing to about the guys. Were really good teams, really good teams. Yeah. Well, uh, just going, you know, when Gary were talking, Managing but thing that when Gary were talking, it sticks in my mind is. We were very close. We were very close as a team, and when we started winning, we must have been horrible to play against because we were that close and we were winning games as well. And it must have been horrible to play against at that point. I don't think we'd ever had that. But Rusty, Rusty got it going a bit in seconds when I played. We used to win a lot more than we lost. But when you've got when you're close knit and you're winning, you must be hard to play against. It must be horrible to play against actually. We just didn't, you know, you look at the pros we had to play against and, and we are great pros, but we had to compete against Alan Donald and Roger Harper and Joe Scudder. Yeah. Mm, yeah. These, guys, these guys were getting 12 grand in 1995, you know. Yeah, sleep and... What yeah. were Cameron paid, Jess, when Cameron were pro? I've no idea, we just didn't so, get Sean Flegler, Sean Flegler told us in his podcast he got 3,200 quid. I, I could have yeah. paid him that, I didn't realise he was getting that, <laughs> that little, you know. You say about the pros with the money thing and, and, and what have you. We have, we, we've had many discussions at committee meetings about pros. Everyone, everyone's after a Darren Smith, aren't they? And uh, they are. th- there's not many of them about. There weren't many Roger Harpers. There weren't many Peter Sleeps, were there, back then? Those players are, are, are sort of come along and, and, and they, they earn the top brass. But as a club, we, when we were on our uppers in 2011, we are literally scratching the barrel, having chased big pros and big names. We end up with Frankie, and what a bloody mm. that that was. We, we had six grand to spend on a pro. Yeah. So probably the cheapest pro we had in twenty years. He turns yeah. into an absolute superstar. Yeah. It's amazing. Isn't it? David Wren. Yeah. David Wren said to me and Charlie at that point. So we're going to do it this year. So I'm going to because it 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 he felt a bit burnt by having healed with David when we when we had a meeting with him and he was a great guy we're having and and David felt a bit 
a bit burnt by it. It hadn't worked out and people were questioning rank grind. I mean, it, it were bowling waste out full tosses and all sorts and they were really struggling. But you, it's pro, so you persevere. David Renzi to me, Charlie, said, we're going to do it a bit different this year. So I'm going to give you four, four names and then you come back to me. You, you think you want out of them four names and I'll, I'll go and get him for you. And actually, the guy we signed last year was one of the names. We'd have been a lot younger then, Orbis. Uh, and we, we, picked, we picked Frankie basically because we sat down, me and Charlie looked at games and worked out that we were losing by, by 15 and 20 runs and probably going for four and a half and over. Mm. So if we could get the pro down to three and a half, three and over. So we said to David, go and get him because he bats at number eight, which we thought, well, that's number three, number four in Lancashire League. And we went and got Frankie for six thousand pounds, and uh, it, it was, you know, it, it was a great decision, and 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 it, you know, we, we sort of felt a bit honoured because David had levers in, and I, 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 he went away on his own, did David, didn't he? And he got some fantastic yeah. pros, mm. but it, it yeah. really felt. I can remember him saying to me, Charlie, I mean, it, it was in the club room, but day he told him he weren't re-signing him, and he said he got me and Charlie over, said I want to do it a bit different this time. And uh, you know, I felt a bit honoured that David had put that trust in us, and then we went and yeah. we went and picked Frankie. Look, we, we never thought when we picked Frankie, we knew we'd be better. We never thought it would lead to what it led to. We just thought, well, you know, if we can get back to top four again, like we were in nineties, and then all of a sudden we're doing doubles and we're unbelievable yeah. times, and like Joe playing it, Joe Martin and all that, and Joe Beneducci, it was fantastic. Yeah, and, and think... the good thing about that, good thing about that, Johnny Russell would about, like I say, Johnny Russell, Joe, oh. Charlie. It was good, you know, Blaze. So there was still that core there who worked the bar, you know. Good ones. What's your thoughts on, on that, the pros? <laughs> bit boring, really, Seth, but everything that's been said. Um, I mean, obviously, once I've finished playing, we're sort of less, um, uh, less in, in that, involved in those sort of discussions about who we, who we ended up. And we, again, we've said it on podcast, but it's worth, it's worth putting into the mix here. We've talked about players. We've talked about the old boys, kept the club upright. We've talked about pros and stuff like this, but when you know, I'd obviously pissed Stan off so much that he decided. I think we picked, we picked up on it the other day. Jed, Joe found some old uh, uh, cricket um, scorecards that uh, had open batting and bowling in seconds once, and I think yeah. that put Stan over edge. And he, he went on his mission to uh, sort a, uni, a junior section out uh, after that. And, <laughs> Yeah. That's it. If that's what we've come to, then enough. But no, in all seriousness, I think that timing of, of, of all those seedlings that Stan had sown coming through to start playing thirds and second cricket, second team cricket, just then in from sort of mid two thousands onwards, it was just you know it was it it'd have been amazing if it didn't come off. You know, if we didn't start producing results because mm. foundations were there by that point, it was brilliant. I can remember Ted getting 50 in first team at Burnley and Nicky having to make a massive decision and leave him out. And, you know, those decisions, Joe Benedicci, were, were ridiculous at that time. And you, you saw the way that Nicky were thinking, I need a more dynamic cricket team. We need to be more dynamic. We need to... And, and, and they were tough calls you know what I mean? And we're all friends, aren't we? And you're leaving players out and in first team level and stuff like that, which were tough, tough choices. Yeah. When you won the league? Yes. When it got to the bit where you were going to win the league with your pro, when did you 
think this is ours? Um, we beat Ramsbottom in about early August. We, it was us and them at the top of the league, and we went to Ramsbottom and smashed them at Ramsbottom. And that put us, I don't know, maybe 15, 18 points clear. So there was still a month of the season to go. But by that stage, we we just beat our closest rivals, and we kind of felt at that stage we were we were onto something. Obviously, we still have a lot of, a lot of work to do, but that was really when it started in serious, if you will. We had a couple of games Burnley at the back end of that season, which we won. I thought the win at Burnley that year was the one that made me think we're going to win this. Well, we beat Burnley at home later on in the season in a game that we should never have won when we were. I think we were something like five for three. Yeah. And Tripp and Blez put 100 on and we ended up winning that game from nowhere. But yeah, in terms of when it really started to, to crystallise, it was probably the Rammy game. Johnny, Johnny Russell got seven for. Yes, he certainly did. <laughs> and what was it about that side that you could point to think, we're going to win the league here, lads? We're going to make history for this club and we're going to show everybody at last. It didn't have any of us letting it shares. Yeah, yeah I weren't playing. <laughs> I, I don't think it was ever a case of we're going to make history and we're going to show everybody. It never, it don't really enter your mind when you're going through it. It's only afterwards when you, when you look back and think, cracker, what, what have we achieved here? Mm. It's like out of this world. But at the time... We were just a good side. We had we had a lot of very good players. We had a, obviously a very good professional, and we got on a roll. And once we got remember, on a roll, it was very, very, very difficult to stop us. I remember speaking to you in the, into the clubhouse in the clubhouse after that game, and uh, you, uh, in your normal dignified self, said, "If it weren't for you, lot Sheridan or and all the other people, we'd never achieve this." Do you still stick by that? Well, definitely. Like, like, like has been said already on here, you, you're a product of your environment and you can only get to where you've got to by the people who were around earlier on and, and they mm. shape you into, into talking about me, I'm talking about the club and the team as a whole. So I think that goes without saying and I think that's, that's the case across the piece and the success we've had later, we all played a part in that as well. I'm, I'm convinced of it. Joy, if I can interject. Yeah, sure. You cannot underestimate individual talent. Since, I don't know, 2004, we haven't had a player that hasn't had a first 11.50. We've had players batting at number 11 that have had first 11.50s. Look at We've had a player batting at number 11 who's had a first 1100. Look at Joe Martin, exactly. Fergus Bailey when he played. We've had we've had good sides. Bembo was a terrific player for us. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I could I could go on itemising them. Um, Finch, you cannot you cannot underestimate having good players. And the job of the captain these days is simply to assemble them and make the best of them. Back in the really? back in the day, back in the day, captains would have had to come up with all sorts of yeah. um, field placings, bowling changes, batting orders, simply to compete. It's changed. Gary, Gary used to have to ring Panama's to make sure oh. we'd left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get Fran to uh, ring him at three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dooch, you've alluded to this in the past. Oh, we're having a sleepover um, in the boiler then. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, Stan, you're right about the talent thing. I think talent only gets you so far. When you look at the teams from, say, 2006 to 2010, you could argue that some of the squads there were better than the ones that won. You know, 2008, we had a great team on paper. Yeah, 2008 was a fantastic side, but they finished Norway. Don't you, but you always say it's momentum, isn't it? If a team can get a run of wins together, then we can... I mean, Stan, it, you, how many times have we talked about that 2014 season where we won the league? And we said it was the more... It, for you, it was one of the most difficult seasons and unenjoyable seasons that you've had to, had to deal with. But we won 19 games in a row. We won't, we won't league in 2014 because we had all the best players. We won it yeah, in 2000, 2011 and 2012 because we had the best side. We were a team, yeah. Yeah. is my opinion on it. That, 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 that's a foul year that you've talked about, Joe. Um, there was a little bit of indiscipline in the team. We weren't always as disciplined as they, as they ought to have been. A lot does rest on team spirit. And of course, the captain and the environment that they're playing in. And if it's not right, you'll have years like that, no matter how talented your players are. Should have drafted Gary in. He'd have sorted them out. Cool. <laughs> Christ <laughs> almighty. <laughs> invading Poland. We've been invading Toe Poland the, again in 2008. Toe the line, or it's British gas for you. <laughs> Stan, give us a few examples of uh, Gary's. Uh, Tyranny. Well, if, if, for instance, anybody inquired why they'd been left out, uh, Gary's response was, because I say so. And if you queried that, you got the response, because I say so. For the only time in my career, I rang up one morning and said, Gary, I said, I'm terribly sorry. A couple of things have happened at home. I'm, I, 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 I can't play. Why? Well, <laughs> I suppose I can only sum it up because I'm not, I'm not in the right frame of mind. He didn't speak to me for three weeks. Uh, but, but I don't hold that against Gary. Um, Gary's a fabulous, fabulous lad. It was just, it was just the, way, the way it was. And there's no disputing it. Gary was a tough captain. Jez was a tough captain. Nicky had tough moments. Matt had tough moments. I'd like to think that on occasions I was a tough captain. Captain in Lawrence Cricket Club in this period wasn't easy. Uh, when I when I became uh, how can we put it? When I started to you know get heavily involved in the cricket, Matt was captain, and I didn't want Matt ring, having to ring up on a Saturday morning trying to get a team together. Can't remember who the second team captain was at the time. It might have been Paul. Didn't want Paul ringing up having to get a get, having to get a team together. So I did it, and I'd like to think that took a little bit of the pressure off. But undoubtedly, yeah. undoubtedly, in in some in some seasons, particularly in the second eleven, you've heard Keith talk about that. Brian Higgins talk about it. They had to they had to actually get somebody to do the tease. So captain in Lawrence Cricket Cricket Club was not the bed of roses that it was when Joe Benaducci had to do it. <laughs> there were no there were no there were no fanny in a bait. Well once 
You, you got left out, you got left out. And we won't, I once went to Lane Ends with Proc and the Burnley Express up bar and he found out Gary left him out. <laughs> I think it Burnley Express up on bar. And I said, I, I said, I'd ring him if I were you. And, and like Stan says, Proc, I'm not ringing him. <laughs> <40 seconds. laughs> I'll tell you what, don't with that. Dude, that was a great question there of Stan, and Stan's answered it, you know, exactly as I, re I remember it. But if I just give you my take on it, then I think it's fair to ask Gary, see what he to thinks. ask Gary, yeah, doing. definitely, yeah. So I'll, I'll yeah, give you yeah. my take on how it went from the, you know, let's call it Lofty's era, you know, and, and before that was even more difficult. Then it developed and it came through, and I would, you know, I'd like to think into my era, and we all overlapped in bits of this. And Dave. David Wren was, was instrumental in, I want this club to succeed on the field. You know, he was a big friend of Ken Smalley's, was gently taken over from Ken, but he wanted us to succeed on the field. And he certainly, you know, he, he made that clear. You know, he had a few outbursted Renners in the dressing room. You know, he, he really was a tough, you know, we're not here just to make the numbers up. So that started... You know, I look back at it now, and you know, he would just start chipping away at you, chipping away at you, talking about the amateurs. Or it would, it wouldn't interfere with who should be in the side, but you know, talk about the pro and should we do this, should we do that, and all the season he would get to you. And so I got a little bit from my, my football, got a bit tough with it. We need to do this a bit differently. And Gary's probably in the wings there. So then, when Gary takes over, and I'll never forget Gary. You know, he was. Real, real serious. I remember, I mean, he can comment on this in a minute. He was reading books about captains. He was, you know, quoting these, you know, good captains in the history of cricket. So then Gary, and I think it was the circumstances, came into the, to be the figurehead. And I'm not bullshitting. I'd be pecking his head saying, you need to bollocks down. Fuck, he's pissing about again. He's fucking about. Get him told. <laughs> Renners would be at the other side of him. We need to get this sorted. Phil Astin's just not, you know, he's playing for himself or he's not contrib con contributing to this. So Gary was the figurehead who really carried all the bullets for, for the other people in and around. And Stan, Stan agreed with everything that was going on. I know he used to get a lot of grief, but Stan agreed with it in the long run. What, what do you think, Gary? What, what was it like then? Is that accurate? Yeah, I, I think there's elements of truth in all that. Um, the first year we were, we, we, we were going over the old podcast, but the, the first year we took, we were sort of taking over from you, were, were uh, one thing, and then um, there, were, there was still a good mix of, of the Iggy's, Phil Astin's, etc. Uh, in that team. So, so it, and like Stan said a few times, you know, we lost sort of 13, 14 on the bank, so no, nothing were going, going particularly well. I think, but from then onwards, um, not wanting because the, the the thing I didn't want anything to do because just not having that history of uh, that a lot of you guys that have been down there ten fifteen years was just coming in and, and being uh, you know everything getting getting fractured. So if it was somebody, if you were listening to you guys, if you were listening to Dave Ren or whatever, and, and that one person being able to take the flak or be that that uh, that point of um, of ire for somebody, and um, that was that were fine. But I think he just all needed pulling together and not um, and not yeah. before it wasn't a style that you that you'd sort of manufacture or you know say that's a, a great way of doing things. It was just it was just what I, what I yeah. we needed at yeah. the time. But yeah, getting Gary, can I question. Gary used to have a laugh at work and be pissed off at cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Go on, Matt Stanner. Um, 
those books you read about captaincy, did Stan feature in any of them? <laughs> I do remember, Gary. That, Stan, uh, Stan did a DVD, 101 Great Leg Bites. <laughs> I do remember, Gary, that time after you'd read that book on captaincy and, and, and speech making when we were playing Blackpool in a pre-season friendly and you said we were going to fight them on the beaches. I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot made out about uh, about that, but we had some we had some great times and uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, you know, there, were, there were times where you, you know, Jez and Stan and touch on it with Matt and Nicky stuff like that. You, know, you had to put your arms around people and and do the softer side of it and stuff. But it would just you know all that gets lost, Danny. All those all those times where you pick people up by the bootstraps because they were you know they're no, the times and you know take them for a pint and and, uh, and make them feel warm and comfortable. You know all that's all that's long forgotten. It took me plenty of times, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just uh, throw it at this juncture uh, without resorting to Sheridan-esque... Uh, Stay away from that, Stan. <laughs> ...sentimentality. Obviously, I'm the oldest here. So, looking at it from my uh, 62 years of age, I I I'm looking at people currently. Matt Stanny and Paul Stanny, grandson of Jack. That's 50 years... Uh, 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 of linkage at Law House Cricket Club. Jez, Nicky, Matt, with, with with Jeff, similar, Gary and, uh, and Brian. This is what this club's about. And, and somehow, Joe Beneducci, you've got to fit into that. But, uh, but, but <laughs> you know, well, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say you were, you were saying that that's what the club's about, but it's also that you can just come in as somebody who's who's got no, yeah. no prior Absolutely. links and it doesn't hamper you, in, hamper you in any way, shape or form. I've captained the Absolutely. first team and my, my dad never even played cricket. Yeah. Charlie came yeah. and joined the club as yeah. a 15-year-old. He's ended up captaining the first team. Yeah. So you, you're right, yeah. it's great to have that lineage, but it's, yeah, it's an open door and you can yeah. come in. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not Joe, well, you're, ab Joy, Joy, you're absolutely right. And, and, and I think it's a credit to the club that that happens. I think it's a credit to you chaps that you carry on with us without that, that history. Uh, you've even you've even bloody moved down to to to, to Ace and, and of course, house prices have dropped subsequently. But um, <laughs> but the fact the fact and, and Joe, you know, you're the first captain to have won the Lancashire League for Lorraine's Cricket Club. My God, I'd have a cock the size of the Eiffel Tower if somebody said that of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to be prepared to lose a few inches, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> do you know when, do you know when Jess said, passes, the, the first morning that uh, Joe moved in, Blaze walked out front of his door and he said to uh, Joe, who stood there, he said, uh, It's right, Blaze, what's going down? And Blaze said, Price of my house now, you've moved in. <laughs> Thank you to our three sponsors for supporting our podcast. John Russell's Art Caterers and Milltown Pies, who offer fantastic catering services. Alexander Grace Law, who provide modern and client-led legal services. And SBE Furnishings, who offer high-quality furnishings and electrical items at fantastic prices. Do you know when Jez was saying about doing things more organised and getting things better and more professional and David Wren wanted to visit and that? Can you remember? They used to have a selection meeting. 
on Tuesday nights. Pint team up on notice board, then locked out at club, so you couldn't go and see team. <laughs> and they yeah. genuinely did that, didn't they? Big teams, teams and locked door, so no one. Yeah. You, didn't, you still didn't know till Friday, but you picked paper up, and no one bothered. It was just the way, weren't no. it? Yeah. yeah. You know, you'd say that to a kid now. Well, I want to know what I'm doing on Saturday. You know, I yeah. need to know Monday yeah. what they're doing on Saturday. You know, yeah. it's, you just put up with it, well, didn't you? Well, that's a sign of the changing times. Uh, uh, Paul, because they had nothing else to do on a Saturday. Uh, you know, they, they were playing cricket mm. unless told otherwise. But just going back to selection meetings, um, the, the, the season Steve G packed in and I took over, the first meeting, we picked the side and somebody said, uh, we've had a few complaints about how we put the team up. So somebody said, well, what, batting order. Well, we can't, how do we know that? Captain's uh, going to pick the batting order. Well, let's put it up in alphabetical order. And somebody said, well, we've got eight people in the team beginning with H. So somebody said, well, why don't we go H-A-H-E? And it was as rudimentary as that. Light years, light years, but fabulous people, honestly. Stan, so you took over in the middle of the season from Steve G? Yes. What were the circumstances of that? I think Steve felt very, very let down by the committee. He took, he'd taken over from Peter Wade. All right. Who was a lovely, lovely guy. If there was ever a, a captain that you wanted to bring teams and players together, it was Peter. Yeah. Sadly, sadly, he, he was criticised for his his playing contribution, which was a bit unfair, but... As a as a human being, as a human being, he was magnificent. Yeah. Uh, and of course, he came back to coach later on, and he's passed on since. Uh, if I remember it right, Steve took over from Peter. Steve packed in mid-season because I think he was exasperated by what he saw as a lack of support by 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 the committee. And uh, I was the, I was I was the vice captain. Uh, right. I, was only, I think it was only twenty. Might have been 17, something stupid. It was I was really young. Might right. be 21. 21. Uh, and I took over and capped him for a couple of years. And then I, no, it must have been the it must have been about 1980 because I joined the police and be, being captain uh, was very, very difficult. And uh, the decision was taken out of my hands. Uh, and uh, I remember I can still remember Jack A sitting in my house at my mum's house today, sacking me. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and you know, Jez, it was probably the right. It was probably the right decision, but I had a shocking year with the bat. I think I'd one fifty. Yeah. We'd finished tenth. Curti was the pro. He got five hundred runs, and I think forty wickets. The top run scorer was Blaise with three hundred and fifty runs. The top wicket taker was Roger with thirty wickets, and I actually thought that. To finish tenth was um, not a bad result with figures yeah. like that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it, it was a, it was it was it wasn't right, Jez. I was turning up at we used to kick off at two o'clock in those days. I'd work early, so I'd turn up at quarter to two. It wasn't right. Yeah, no, it's difficult. It's just when you think of you know the 
the chairman and soon to be president of the club to walk into your house on Lower House Lane to <laughs> Stan, can I come in for a brew? Yeah, I can just picture it because yeah. he was subtle. I, I, I know what Jack, he was. Stan, can I come round? Can I come round and sack you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack would say it like that. Jack Hayes would definitely say it like that. Oh, and it, and it, well, to be fair, he was as diplomatic as he could be, and all I could say to him, Jack, I, uh, you're right. I, you know, yeah. I think. I think under normal circumstances, I deserve because the year before we'd finished fourth. Yeah. I think it is as I, when I was captain, and, and you see the other the other thing that tempted him was Lofty had announced that he would prepare, be prepared to be captain again because Lofty, right. Lofty didn't Lofty didn't like Kurt. He couldn't he couldn't work with him. I could, and uh, and Lofty decided he wanted to be captain again, and it was very tempting because in '82 we'd finished second with Lofty yeah. as captain. Yeah. In '83, in '82. They said took over from Steve G. You know I didn't. I took over from Lofty. What a lot of bollocks. Um, <laughs> uh, can we record this bit? No, I did take over from. I did take over from Steve G. Temporarily. Oh, but now. Anyway, <laughs> there we are. Sorry, Joe. You know when you get to my age, you might have a few memory failures. You fucking twat. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so Lofty takes over from then, I suppose. Yeah. Lofty took a lot. Where did? We had an interview process, and uh, I think Lofty took over. And then the following year, we had another interview process, and I think Trip took over. Right. Yeah. Probably. I mean, that would have been Delroy's year, I think. Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, yeah. Well, no, Delroy was nineteen ninety. That might have been a bit bit soon. I don't know. It's but, um, it, it's, it, it is difficult. You know, I, Thank God for Nigel Stockley's website. You can dive on that. Yeah, can't you? yeah definitely. Yeah. And firm things up. I've told a couple of tales ad infinitum and gone on Stockley's website and thought, Christ, I've got that wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know. Joe, have you had your Christmas card yet? Joe, have you When you said that um, Walsden had signed. Um... <laughs> well, early morning, Bleary had no glasses on. I, I, I went on Facebook and I could see that. Um, a former professional cricketer had signed for Walsden uh, and put this on the, the committee. Uh, what's happened? It was discussed, and, and then Ben Heap, about an hour later, spotted that he'd actually signed for Walkden. <laughs> uh, I did apologise for my, and I can tell you now, those of you that don't wear glasses, short sightedness is a curse. I can still see, I can still see two ants crawling up Pendlehill from Lawrence Cricket Club. But I can't read what's in front of me now. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant. The, it might um, be time for the books, Jez. Have we lost, yeah. uh, have we lost Park, eh? Yeah, yeah, Park is gone. I sent <laughs> him a message. <laughs> yeah, no reply. What, uh, yeah, before we go on to the books, I don't know if anyone's considered this, when it was on Twitter about Mr Drabble's goal watch. I know you won't know the answer to this, Stan, but I just wonder, you know, I wonder who paid for that. Well, I imagine the committee, but is that the club? Is that not just typical of Law Ace Cricket Club? You present somebody with a goal watch, he gets pissed, drops it out of his pocket, and the car runs over it. Fabulous. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fabulous. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it is, Jez, with that? I think it's all relative, that. I think that back in the day, we were skint, but only in comparison to other clubs. So when people say we were skint, it's because they more well. I do. I think it's all relative. Really? I do, yeah. And, and a goal watch. 
Yeah, it's George Rabble's, uh, let me have a think, cousin would have been Peter Wade. Yeah. Peter Wade, Peter Wade's dad had saved every end of season report and balance sheet from 1872, 10 years after we were founded, to about 1960, and he let me have them. Uh, and I read them and made notes, uh, and I've never published them, which is stupid of me. Uh, and one day when I've got time, I will do. They're, they're currently in Burnley Library, and Anne Cochran's gone through them as well, and she puts things up. If you, we, we were always, always strapped for money. And you know the, um, the park wall? There was a fence there originally, and it went right up to Liverpool Road, and they paid £3,000 in the 1940s for, for a wall and fence to be built there. And it kept them in, in stuck for donkey's years. Uh, some of it's astonishing. Some of it brings tears to your eyes. There's one where, obviously, cricket's um, suspended during the First World War. And Lawrence's greatest cricketer at the time, whose name escapes me, was reported missing in action. And there's quite, I think it was called Wilkinson, if, I'm, if, it, if it pops back in my mind. There's quite a long spiel on that, and it's incredibly moving. And when they suspend the Lancashire League in the Second World War, um, there are friendly games arranged, you know, like Stanley Matthews. Who's going to stay up there, Stan? Stanley, for argument's sake, in football, Stanley Matthews played for Aldershot because he was posted there during the war. They had friendlies. And, and I'll never forget, I hope, the, the, the phrase used by the chairman at the time who said, the Lancashire League has been suspended because some of our players have gone to fight a greater fight than cricket. And you think, Christ almighty. Uh. And I think, I think at the end of the First World War, it was something like 19 Lawrence cricket club members and players never were never heard of again. Yeah. Lost in that. Lost in action. Can't believe it. No, it's, yeah, it's, you can't. You can't. No. And, 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 and it, not to get political, I look at all the criticism that flies about these days. Winston Churchill, with our current press and social media, would not have stood a chance. No. No. We we lost about nineteen on Matt Stag doing Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Never to be seen of again. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was a trip. <laughs> We've got the, the brilliant thing about that is someone actually, and it's not anyone who's directly related to the cricket club, but someone actually came home with a child from that trip, didn't they? <laughs> and, a, uh, and a wife. <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, they can't match stag do were in Spain, so who's who's do was it? Well, it might have been his 30th or something like that, yeah. It was, no, yeah. It was my 40th. Really? Yes, went, it was. It was we your went, 40th. We went to horse racing. Sandro, bus. Yeah, yeah, we went horse <laughs> racing and it was called off. Listen, Joe, um, I don't know if we've told this before. No. So it, it was a long time ago, obviously, my 40th, and we were all arranged, all excited. I think we were going for two nights and we'd arrange. Uh, a minibus. Stan was really quite instrumental with Nicky, I think, in sorting different surprises out and everything. And the idea was we were going to meet at uh, Ganna Roundabout at what, what were the pub called up there, which is knocked down now? Derby. 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 Mm. Yeah, we we're going to meet at the Derby, leave some cars there, and go over in this minibus that we'd arranged. So we all turn up. Stan, bless him, turns up dressed as like a driver. Proper <laughs> driver. He's got, he's got his flat hat on. He's got his driving jacket on, 
and we get and say say it's a a fourteen seater. There's fifteen of us, so we decide that someone needs to go just take one of the cars with all the bags in to save room in there, so your uncle says drove up on his own. Who paid the Well, it might have been someone else's car, but no one would get in with him. And we got up, and the horse racing was uh, called off because of ice, because of frost. And it went downhill from there, three days of absolute It went downhill a lot lot earlier than that. Were you out Stella and Champagne on bus on Wales? Yeah, on bus on Wales, yeah. How many nights on top did your room get emptied by um, Gav, I think it was, or somebody? (laughs) Yeah, me, I actually, I actually drove up in an American uh, lieutenant, police lieutenant's cap, uh, yeah. as well as as well as my blazer. Um, Sam, <laughs> do you want to tell some stories from your books? Very quickly, because I've read these so many times. Sometimes you can't tell the funny from the unfunny. But here we are. If I need to tell the original tale for this, I will do. Versus Eastlands, Jez Hope. Celebrating the second anniversary of having driven Norman Dale out of town. And Jez was injured at this point. He took on the role of first 11, first 11 scorer. Who can forget that immortal moment and phrase when Jez said to Norman, after Norman Dale had said to him, if you can do fucking better, you do it. Jez said, Norman, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. <laughs> And we never saw Norman the scorer again. Stan, can you remember what was my injury? Was it was it your nose? Or was no, that a separate one? I did my you neck. Broke didn't neck. You? You broke yeah, neck. playing football. Yeah. Neck, yeah. 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 Soft bastard. It's a game. We broke we broke a neck, you soft bastard. Finished game of football. I want to talk about your nose. Remember this one? We had a place photo taken. I think I've still got it. Again, Jess Hope. Players attending the meeting were very complimentary. The photographs now adorning the walls of the club's Excelsior room. The only blemish, however, was the photograph of Jez Hope, where he had long hair and a nose so misshapen that someone <laughs> thought that he had strapped Brian Holmes Hampton to his face. <laughs> Jez has a real do at Brian Holmes. Uh, Holmes, he accuses the bowlers of losing the game against Colm. And Jez goes absolutely bloody mad, throws Holmes's kit all all over the dressing room floor when he goes to the toilet. When they go out to bat, Jez runs Brian Holmes out. The game deteriorates and it looks like we're going to be fighting with Cole. So bearing in mind, Jez and Holmes, you've had this massive fucking blow up. At the end of the game, when we thought we were going to be fighting, Jez soon changed his tune and said to Brian, please, can I go to the bar with you? Because he was hard badly. Yeah, he was, yeah. Great predictions, Jez up. After Brian Terry had blocked three balls with the score at 76 for six, Jez turned to me and said, I hope we haven't got this for the next 23 overs. The next ball, Brian Terry tripped out of the ground for six. (laughs) (laughs) Big 
this is the first game of the season. Get talking about football, and Iggy says that he hadn't kicked a ball for 16 years. To which Jez commented, that's not true, Iggy. You kick loads when you kept wick kick wicket to courtiers up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to save that one. There's a few for Shez here. He would have bloody off with Shez. One Shez was took over Randy McNicholas as team team clown, and he got fined every week. Did Shez? One week he doesn't get fined, so he says, "Can I have a refund?" Because I've not got fined. So he didn't get rid of meeting, he didn't get a refund, and he got fined 50p for failing to live up to expectations. <laughs> <laughs> this is a belter. This is the final one, this, and I think it's a good one to finish on. Jez and Roger Bromley and families go on holiday to Filey. And we get, yeah, we get daily postcards from Jez. Friday, arrived safely. Trisha drove all the way here from the back seat. <laughs> Saturday. Went for a drink. Went for a drink and took the locals on at Domino. <laughs> all went well until Roger had to retire with Knockers Knuckle. <laughs> Sunday. Went to the beach. Kids had a great time on the sand. Adam buried Dean. Dean Rogers. <laughs> That's Sunday. Monday, found where Adam had buried me. The girls got caught in a shower of rain, but we were all right as it doesn't rain in the tap room. <laughs> Tuesday, tragedy on the beach. Adam drowned a donkey. Stephen and Dean played at being Leeds fans in the ornamental gardens. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wednesday, beach cricket. Me and Roger versus the wives and kids. Roger not speaking to Leslie because she kept hitting him into the sea. Adam went to get the ball from the sea. In view of what happened to the donkey, nobody went to help him. <laughs> Thursday, after much deliberation, I go nude sunbathing. It didn't go down well on the hotel patio. <laughs> Friday, last day, as a special treat, we took the kids to see Punch and Judy. Unfortunately, we were asked to leave when during a fight scene, I shouted out, kick him in the bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, that, that, was a, that was a postcard from Jez from Filey. We did, we did go away, actually, the two families. And, uh, yeah. and we came back to play cricket, me and Roger, and left them over there at Filey. <laughs> uh, Pontins or Butlins, whichever it was. Is Paul Stanley still with us? Yeah. I love Keith to bits. I mean, he's the most, probably the most unsung hero in, in terms of volunteer hours at the club you've ever seen. 100%. Um, yeah, he's fantastic. Barbara, Barbara keeps saying to him, by the way, there's a story about that. I can tell you that one in a minute. Um, Barbara <laughs> keeps saying to him, they're always taking the piss out of you. And Keith keeps coming to me and saying, you're always taking... I said, tell Barbara, we only take the piss out of you, Keith, because we love you. I said, if we, if we didn't like you, we won't take the piss out of you. Me, Deb, Barbara and Keith have gone on all to Lanzarote. And, uh, and 
you know, you do what you do during the day and you have a, an evening meal and we finish up at this this bar and, and they, they have a quiz. It's fabulous. Fabulous quiz. Uh, they have shout-out rounds where you get a schnapps if you shout the answer out. And the rest of it's written down, photo around, all that business, all light-hearted. And, and Keith and Barbara, uh, the only question Keith has ever answered in the probably 14 quizzes we've been in is, do you want another gin? He's absolutely fucking useless. But we have, honestly, we have a great time. And he's... He, he is funny, and, and I'll tell you, Keith's no soft touch, you know, he comes across as cuddly Keith. He has some really strident views, uh, but he's, uh, and in these books, Christ Almighty, he's mentioned endlessly. Endlessly. Played in one game at Ramsbottom, and the, you know, when the ball follows you, and, and big ground ram it, and Keith's not the quickest across the ground. And Lofty must have moved him. So many times. I remember. I remember when he, when Lofty moved him for about the fifth time. Iggy shouted out, "Get him a red rose rambler," which was a bus, t- <laughs> which was a, lo- a local bus bus ticket at the time. And, and we, we all started, a, we all started a feeling a bit self conscious about this. You know, bloody hell, he's moved him again. Christ, they've got two to him again. They've got three to him this time. He stopped a four, but they've run five. All of that business. <laughs> All of that business, and he come in, Keith were absolutely bloody ripping. And, and even Lofty, Lofty was no soft, even Lofty, I could see him thinking, you know, what, what do I say? And so eventually Lofty, what, what's wrong, Keith? And Keith launches into this diatribe about how he's been moved around the field and made to look stupid. Then he says, I've never been so humiliated in my life. Q Hickey. Man for a crisis. Well, Keith, he says you need to get out more. (laughs) 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 It it weren't soft, going back onto Rusty, it weren't soft, but Rusty used to tear into me when I was young. All of us, like me, Sam, and Ryan, Matt, used to proper tear into us. So some real fallout for him. Do you remember when he got banned for uh, abusing an um, abusing the umpire? Yeah, I were, I were bowler. Iggy told that story, yeah. I were bowling. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah. Might have been savaged by a dead sheep. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah. It, we, I, I bowled it with Peter Thompson because ushers have fallen out at Bakeup for having to play in seconds. Iggy's right. I bowled at him and it weren't, weren't a great delivery, but he like, went to guard it into third man and just proper lobbed it up to Iggy. Like, proper lob. And uh, he caught it, and Peter Thompson were adamant that, it, well, he knew he'd hit it, but he, and Bob Brooks had said, no, right, but he was adamant that uh, we'd rogued Andrew Spencer out. Do you know Andrew Spencer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Peter Thompson were adamant we'd rogued him out. We, we got him out caught behind, Proc got him out caught behind, and he hadn't hit it. So as far as, uh, as, far as he was concerned, it, you know, we're, we're, we're level. But I don't, I don't know if it was... I think Scotty were playing it. We have a Chez or a Scotty. And uh, Andrew Spencer was only a young kid at the time. And Scotty, Scotty said something like, well, you fuck off and send him back. You know, Peter 
<laughs> but yeah, it got it got nasty. Did that, and he's right. He had to grab hold of he had to grab hold of Rusty. It got really nasty. It were personal with that. Okay, uh, I mean Rusty. Another one with Rusty. We had uh, played at Richton, and uh, he had a thing with Rusty. I don't know if Gary can remember it, but when Gary first come to the club, really, and uh, if someone new turned up, Rusty would like fuck one at regulars off and put one at new, like new one at open bat at the open bowling, and you've been bowling for Rusty for three years. But he just fucked me off. <laughs> and we didn't, have, we didn't have nets or anything. So someone would turn up and he'd bowl. And this, this one particular time, I was bowling at Rishton. And can you remember him who Rishton signed that? Uh, Russell Davis? Yeah. yeah. And he, he captained him to the league title, didn't he? Yeah. But when he came, he came from Wales and he, were, he, he didn't qualify to play in first team. So he had to play in second team. But it, I think he played like Glamorgan seconds or something. It was serious cricket to this fella. And I were bowling at him. One of these, ooh, ooh, oh, you know, I, I, I were getting close, but he were playing some good shots. And then with five overs le- left, Rusty says to me, I'm taking you off. He said, I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to give Stuart Taylor a go. I said, Rusty, it's risky. I said, he's a good player, him. I said, it's risky, this. And he were on 68 with Russell Davis, or, or late 60s. And I said, it's risky, this. So, he takes me off and puts Stuart Taylor on. Russell Davis hits first ball for two. Then next two for six. And Rusty says to me, that's your fault, that. <laughs> I said, why is it my fault? He said, you've been bowling at him all afternoon. You should have told me we were going to hit you there. Hit him there. <laughs> he said, I said, Rusty. And he put a guy there. We had a guy playing called Chris Stevens, who were only a shortest guy. And he, put short, he put Chris Stevens on. Ben, we only about five foot five, Chris Stevens. He said, if you had told me... He said, if you told me we're going to hit him there, he said, I'd have put Proc there, down there. I said, what would you put him down there with, Rusty? A fucking trampoline? He said, he's hitting him out at ground. Payne, Payne started laughing, but Rusty lost it with me and Payne. completely lost it. He said, you're not batting, and you're never going to ball again this season. Russell Davis said, Nick, Nick. <laughs> it next three balls for six. So we went from 68 to 100 in one over. It 32 off Stuart Taylor and Rusty says, Stanley, finish off from that end. <laughs> <laughs> so we're banned from the season. I were banned from bowling for the season for three balls. And we were chasing about 240. He said, Penny, you better open. You <laughs> <laughs> oh, just lose it. It'd go bright red and lose it and then be all right in like 20 seconds. You, uh, you said then, Paul, about who in an R in. Uh, it reminds me of one of Grandad's great sayings that mm-hmm. we'd be sat in car at an away ground and uh, someone, would, someone would be beating bat and what have you and they'd be ooh ah and Grandad always used to turn around and say well Matthew there's a lot of ooing and a lot of ahhing but not very many bloody wickets falling out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a belting saying that what about when Matt farted at um, AGM that night in, in corridor at toilet and it just echoed, oh. echoed throughout the entire club room? How did that resonate? Honestly, it was like a 21 gun salute, wasn't it? It was incredible. <laughs> and it, was a it, was the, uh... it was that really heated meeting, wasn't it? Yeah. Can you remember when you, can you, remember when you said, till off, Stan? And ducked. Yeah. Old, uh, yeah. That was funny. All <laughs> started running receipt through. Well, um, M. Bailey was stood next to me and he's, Mr. Chairman! And he was fucking shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> he were, uh, it was an opera singer. 
Keith Bailey's dad, Keith and Kevin Bailey's dad, he was an opera singer and, and he shouted that loud, I shit myself and somebody dropped the pint next to me. <laughs> what a meeting that was. That was the Corrie Dan meeting, that one. Yeah, yeah. You, you won't sit with us that night, Stan. No, I was, uh, I, 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 I thought I had to, uh, ought to take it. I remember somebody saying, I thought I ought to take a neutral stance I rem because I thought, well, Jess is going to speak on behalf of the aunties that, that a lot of the membership were pro. And that was it a bit in between. I've said this on record before. That that was a year where I felt a bit detached through, well, largely through work and a lot of the black like chippy. I could never, I couldn't, I couldn't relate to chippy at all. And, uh, and people like chippy, Ryan, what have you, they were a lot younger than me and it was difficult. And um, and I thought I'd taken a, a middle ground. And I remember saying, I think at the time, we were something like fourth in the table. And I said, look, Mr. Chair, I said, there's a, a, a large number of people don't want him. The members obviously do, the players don't. I said, we're fourth in the table. I said, if we finish seventh at the end of the season, nobody will want him. If we win the league, maybe those that don't want him will have to say, we'll have him again. So why don't, now we've said to him, hang on, there's an issue. Why don't we wait and see to the end of the season? So I, I took a sort of middle ground. But I think if I remember rightly, there were 130 at that meeting. We usually get about 70 to an AGM. 130, there were people there that I recognised off the members list. Never seen them. I mentioned then Craig Parkinson. He was head teacher at Harvey Bank eventually. But um, um, when we were... Me and Gav had been about 18. We're going now on and Gav says, um, need, need some cash. We take them to the cash machine. And back then, the only cash machines were in town centre. So I drive into town centre. You know where Palazzo is now? There was an out-west cash machine there, weren't there? Gav gets out and there's a fella stood there. And Gav thinks it's Craig Parkinson, uh, a teacher at Ivy Bank. So he says, uh, he says, all right, all right sir. So this fella turns around and he says, yeah, all right. Gav says to him, hey, what's with shit tash? The fella says, sorry. He said, what's with shit tash? <laughs> and, and he says, uh, he says, I'm sorry, what, what you say? Gav says, well, uh, you never had that tash when we were at school? The fella says, uh, I think you're talking about my twin brother, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Send more house to save the house. 